1: Fewer employees are being escorted out the front door after they get the bad news, Brian and Matt. Here's correspondent Deborah Rodriguez. There's
2: a new kind of layoff going on. Some employers are giving workers advance notice to give them time to look for new jobs among companies allowing for long goodbyes, Wells Fargo and Disney. Leadership consultants tell the Wall Street Journal they're trying to appear transparent and compassionate because they can't make cuts quietly anymore with laid-off employees venting on social media. And Leaking internal details. Federal law requires some large employers to give two months' notice to workers when they orchestrate big layoffs. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News.
3: I don't want to be laid off. I don't either, but I, I like that. I mean, they want two weeks' notice when you're leaving. Why can't they give you a little bit of a notice like, hey, just let you know in like two weeks? I'm going to lay you off? You're out of here. So it's a pre-layoff layoff?
1: Yeah. I have mixed feelings on it.
3: I don't know. Just, lay, just cut just... But I also like the band
4: being the ripped off. If you yeah. give me severance and that's appropriate, then you, 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 tell me when the, when you're gonna drop the hammer. I guess I don't know. Listen, don't lay us off though. No, we're having too much fun. We're doing such a good job. I mean, crushing it. We're doing so well. Yes. Why stop the train? Yeah. Let's move it. Mark Christopher in the Brown Penderis at Scott Traffic Center. That guy, you, you, I mean,
3: can't get rid of that guy.
1: Don't jinx, Don't jinx me. Don't jinx me.
3: Remember what Ray always used to say: the most famous words to see you Monday. Yeah. <laughs>
1: famous
3: words on the radio: see you Monday, see you Monday.
1: You know, I'm going to leave a lot of time on the table this year that I haven't taken off, and I'm in the Ray Dunaway mode. If you take time off,
4: oh, you can get replaced. You can be replaced. Totally. I <laughs> saw. So Coming up at eight twenty, Allison Cross will join us. We'll talk about an interesting story about ebook licensing and public libraries our libraries, and how the publishers really hold them over the barrel for money and what can be done about it. And also, she's done a lot of work with those traffic stop statistics as well. And then at 8.50, we'll talk with Greg Bordner of the Harvard Business Journal, with our Connecticut Business Blend. Uh, by the way, you mentioned Ray, I'm about to see you Monday. I saw Ray on Saturday at the- um, How's he doing? Sullivan and Lashane party uh, with Pat Sullivan and, and Patty Lashane, uh, who we, you know, we're- We're good with that group, and it was—he's good. He combed his hair and looked like Pam had it. You know, he was all—he had a a
3: shining review. No, no, he
4: had—he had everything put together, and he's psyched to come down to the holiday store and uh, and hang out and and help us raise some money for the Salvation Army. Avon
3: tomorrow. Avon tomorrow. I don't know—is it everybody again or just Um, everybody but Todd? I think um, Tom's out there as well. Let me see. Uh, It's good to see Brian,
4: uh, Will, and Tom tomorrow. Good to see Todd and his wife. It's you know you don't we don't get to see each other that much because of the day parts, and uh, so that was good. I didn't get to see Tom, but I saw Will, and uh, he's got his texting game face on this year for
3: sure, and uh, he'll come through with that. The next time you are out is Friday. Where's the Hartford? That's in Hartford. It's at
4: a clothing store. It's a long name. Uh, I don't want to get it wrong. Um, hold on.
3: And like, um, Will is uh, more way, no
4: stack ball Stackpole. More Tryon. Uh, it's a. It's. I believe it's on Trumbull, and uh, we'll be down there all morning and hopefully have a bunch of special guests. And the bottom line is, and as is we try to, you know, expand the tent, as we tell everybody, if you. Or someone who gives, you come down and say, hello, we want to talk to you. But get a friend. If you're a company, if you work for a company that doesn't do much for the holidays, get your company
3: to do it. Yeah. Well, Just because you guys aren't there right now, the holiday store remains open, too, by the way. All all the time. And you can always text 31333. That's right. You text WTIC to
4: 31333. And you can also go to the Salvation Army website and and give through that. And the bottom line is, we want to, you know, we want to raise between two hundred fifty and three three hundred thousand dollars. Money,
3: money is great, but they also need like toys pre, too. Yeah. And well, they food already got a bunch and, of bikes. I mean, some of good, these companies the that have been doing it for
4: years, they they've been giving you know so many presents and bikes, and they already had stuff filling up the room in the back at the Avon Old Farms Hotel. And 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 you know, the most important thing I, I think is that. A lot of people in Connecticut are doing great, but a lot of people aren't. And if you if you have, you know, any sort of privilege and any sort of ease in life, like you can share that. And I, one thing I've learned from the the folks at Salvation Army, there's a lot of people who need a mm. lot of things here. And you know, as we say, Matt and I, you know, we we don't make a ton of money doing what we do, but we we still know we can give. So that means you can too. And it's just one little little thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. You don't have to come. You can come down with a check for ten thousand if you want to. But even if, if it's ten bucks, I I don't care.
3: Come, I'm gonna tweet Shohei Otani to donate his days, a day's pay. Then yeah. we
4: could then we could just pack it up and start the party. Nice. We I'd pop the champagne right
3: now, <laughs> if he did that. He gives one day's pay, and he'll take I'm care. Gonna, I'm gonna tweet him. I'm gonna say text WTIC to three one three 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 Shohei. You can give us a little give us a little love.
4: You know, we could talk to Allison Cross from the Hartford Courant about a couple things. Uh, we first, you know, want to reach out talk about. This it's just this thing with ebook costs and libraries. I'm a big library fan, and I also maybe we'll ask some questions about the uh, traffic stop stories she's done as well. Uh, she joins us here on Brian and Company. Good morning, Allison. How are you?
5: Good morning. Good. How are you? I'm well.
4: So this ebook story. So explain it to me. The publishers really squeeze libraries, and they make them pay up every two years. Is that what it is?
5: Yeah, so essentially at libraries, when you read a book that's on the shelf, a print book, those prices are negotiated and those books never cost 50% more than sticker price. Um, but librarians say it's a completely different story with ebooks, and that libraries are paying prices that are up to 10 times higher than the average consumer for these ebooks that essentially will disappear within two years or after 26 people borrow it. Um, and librarians say it's a huge um, problem when they're trying to cultivate their digital collections.
4: So, and and they do it so they, they, they have to basically pay. The more it's used, then the more the libraries will have to pay. But this is how it is everywhere in the country, correct?
5: Yeah, correct. There was one librarian who... Uh, she's um the director of a consortium of a couple libraries who, or a number of libraries who pool their funds together and they say that they've spent two million dollars on ebooks and if they were to stop renewing their titles um they would lose about a million dollars of that content within the next year so it's a huge money suck and a huge um uh, it's, it's taking a lot of taxpayer dollars so what does
4: connecticut want to do
5: um, essentially, Connecticut is looking to bring back a um, law that was on the table last year. It didn't make it to a final vote um, for a number of reasons, but um, essentially what the law would do is it would help um, negotiate contracts and kind of put the state behind the libraries and say that certain unfair contracts are prohibited. And lawmakers are also taking this kind of from the state contract law and consumer protection angle, um, because one of the big um, points last year that the publishing companies were making is that this is an infringement on copyright, that only Congress has the power to kind of regulate these kinds of negotiations but Connecticut is saying hoping to say this year no the state is able to have a say in this
4: so in terms of the public I guess if they pass something and then would then the publishers like sue them and this ends up in the court
5: system possibly we'll have to see when when and if that happens
4: Hmm. I had no idea um, but it, it seems strange that so you could you buy the, the libraries buy the book and then you can take the book out as much as you want. But somehow, if it's on a Kindle, it's got a different set of rules. Which uh, they end up making more money off the e-books than the regular books. Correct the publishers.
5: Yes, and the other thing is that um, the librarians say that authors are paid the exact same, uh-huh. no matter what format it is, or how much the libraries pay. And the other big point with talking about the eBooks is that it's not just a convenience. Um, Their librarians say they're very necessary. They're a tool for equity and access. People with dyslexia or vision problems, some of them need the online format to make the text bigger, or change the font size, and other people who just can't make it to the library because they don't have transportation, they have a disability. Or they're over living overseas. They're deployed. They can access um, the the audio and ebooks that. Um uh, through the digital format,
4: yeah, it's sort of like how streaming is trying to make up for revenue lost in the theaters and all this other stuff. It's sort of like a the literary version of, of that. It seems we're talking with Allison Cross from The Hartford Current. I know you wrote a couple of pieces on traffic stops, and uh, it's hard to, you know, sort of boil it down in a minute and a half. But I just was wondering if people hadn't read the pieces or know the news. Well, first of all, uh, yeah, I want to ask, you know, what are the big what were the biggest takeaways from the reporting you did in the last couple of days on? On the traffic stops in Connecticut.
5: Yeah. So this, uh, for the last um, nine years, um, there the, the Connecticut's been collecting data on uh, racial and ethnic disparities in traffic stops, and this is the first year that Connecticut um, kind of uh, passed these two tests that are kind of used as. Um, benchmarks to test for ethnic and racial disparities um so they found that there was no statistically significant disparities in minor in traffic stop outcomes for minorities or the likelihood that minority drivers would be pulled over during daylight as opposed to darkness um, when officers can view a driver's race more visibly Mm. Um, and this is the first year that um, based on the 2022 data that every department in the state passed this. And it's definitely, um, the people that I spoke to said, it's definitely a big jump from where we were in 2014 when we started this work. But they also emphasized that this doesn't mean that um, racial disparities are gone by any means. The the tests that they use are very, they were explaining that the tests that they use are very um, conservative. So they're less likely to detect something if something's not there. But that also means that they might not detect something that is there. So the researchers are continuously working to kind of create better models, more accurate models. um, And also kind of advocates are funneling their efforts to continue to address this. They're saying it doesn't mean that this work is over, the work is continuing.
4: Got it, I have one quick question, we gotta go, but There's been an extreme reduction in the number of traffic stops compared now to 2019. And I was curious, is that a purposeful thing or is that because of lack of resources and staffing?
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.
4: I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: So that uh, really uh, traffic stops took a nosedive after the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, or during the pandemic, I should say, when officers were a little, when um, there wasn't much known about the virus and how it was transmitted. Um, But since then, there has been a decline in overall um, staffing at our state and local police departments. Um, There's also been uh, talks of low morale and the number of traffic stops are creeping up they are rebounding they're not where they are t- in 2019 but they are much higher than 2020. um but yes the number of traffic stops have been down
4: all right thanks allison great work we
1: appreciate it as always
5: thank you right. have a good day you
1: too allison cross from the hartford current Let's- santa's helpers brian and matt took the day off sunday and they hit the slopes in maine with beards and stocking caps flapping, about 300 Santas dressed in red were lively and they were quick as they took a break from the holiday hustle at the Foggy Sunday River Ski Resort in western Maine. The event's rules specifically state Santa hats must have a white pom-pom, no other color, must be white. The annual event has been held for more than 20 years, save for one year that was scrapped because of the pandemic. Every year it raises money for the River Fund, Maine, a local charity. A lot of Santas. That's
4: pretty yeah. fun. Some snowboarding Santas, too. Yeah.
1: Santa's it's, gone wild. It's funny. It's good.
4: The videos are fun. Uh, thanks, Morgan. Talk with Greg Bordenero of the Hartford Business Journal in just a couple of minutes for your Connecticut business blend. I didn't mention, by the way, I finished the book on time for the book club.
3: Nice. It it was it, it you had was, like 140 pages like on I honestly, Friday right?
4: I I know I I had by Friday I had less than a hundred, but I basically put my entire life on hold for that whole week. Yeah, I all I did after work was read and pick up my kid from school mm. and eat. I blew worth out.
3: or not worth? No, the
4: book was the book is a I understand why the book is a hundred years of solitude uh, by um, Gabriel. Garcia Marquez and the book is hard. It's a hard book, but after finishing it, I was glad I read it. But I I've, I've had a couple of books cuz honestly at my stage of my life, I don't want to be confused. Like I want a really compelling story. Like yeah. li- literature can be tough when it's like real l- literature. It's like I I don't want to have to work too hard to figure out what the heck is happening, and this book is complicated, although the second half of the book was way more accessible. And so I was proud that I read it, and the next one we're doing is Demon Copperhead, which was like the hottest beach read last summer and and uh, so it was it was good it, it It was worth it, but I mean, I need to find a way to read more consistently because I'm lucky with my job that unless I have a lot of meetings scheduled or stuff going on, I can do that, but I can't do that. My wife was like, "You were basically not present for four days." I was like, "Yeah, I kind of liked it." <laughs> <laughs> i not tell anybody, but
3: because um, I read so slow. Are you a fast reader? Because I read so slow. Ah, uh, sometimes I forget that I can read because I, I, ah. I don't. I don't read often.
4: Well, there's this. You know, and, and I, I should. I had this conversation with Todd Feinberg. I have to listen to the podcast, but there's a part of your brain. We talked about this last week with with Taylor Swift, how she memorizes forty songs, along with the choreography, and dances to them and sings them. And I can't even remember what I have for breakfast, yeah. right? So I, I think that. I'm really I think that reading some hard copy stuff is important cuz I, I I can't even stay on Twitter until I, I go over to to my email till I go over to the local paper till I go over to work email I mean
3: like I I don't stay on anything for more than 20 seconds. And so it forces Do you Do you think you would benefit more like in that time if you had like a book on tape? No. No. I don't. You'd like rather sit there and read the book? I think
4: just the making yourself do it for a couple of reasons. One is book on tape, then you're sort of like, I have some real attention issues. I think you'd, it's hard to focus. Yeah. And on listening.
3: It's almost like background noise
4: a little bit dozing off. It's probably a little bit more than that, but it is. It is so I think just forcing yourself to read, I think it, it is a really good thing. And I'm not being old school. I think it actually does sort of stimulate the brain in a different way. I don't think we'll know the impact of all this digital consumption for a long time, but I don't think it's particularly good. This is the video where what's his name is suspended in the air on the drums. That was pretty sick. Not him, but Nikki6 is 65 today. Molly Crew, Wildside, I believe this is the song. Yeah. All right. Wild overnight in the weather, rain ending later this morning. It's kind of winding down now. It's a good tune. And I think you know, Motley Cruz ballad. You know, everyone's got a ballad. I th- I think Home Sweet Home is a great tune. Who uh, who plays the piano on that? Is it is it Tommy Lee who plays the piano on that? It does a great job. Anyway, it's going to clear this afternoon. Stay windy in the 40s. And the, the week, if you like mild, you know, almost winter weather. I mean. Tomorrow's going to be sunny in the 40 to 45. Wednesday, it's going to be cloudier, but it's going to be 40 to 45 and dry. Fair on Thursday, 35 to 40. And Friday, mostly sunny near 50. It's
6: a little aggressive. And now, the Connecticut Business Blend with the Hartford Business Journal on WTIC News Talk 1080.
4: Greg Bordenero from the Hartford Business Journal joining us now on the air. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, Brian. How are you? Good. I want to buy a golf course. <laughs>
6: is it Well, a, there's some for sale in y- Connecticut.
4: Yeah, there's three of them. A, a couple of questions. One is, how much do they go for, one? And two, are they bad businesses?
6: Um, but it, it, It's hard to say. If it, it's been a challenge business over the last, uh, well, since, basically since the Great uh, great Recession of 2008. Since 2006, actually, the U.S. has lost the equivalent of 2,218 whole golf courses, which is a wow. 13% decline. Um, so you know, the the Great Recession had a major impact uh, in terms of people playing golf, joining private clubs, and even public courses. Um, although the industry has seen a boost since the pandemic, you know, the pandemic uh, spurred a lot of different outdoor activities. As it was the only thing a lot of people could do early on during the pandemic. So golf has seen an increase in. Um, Participation. They expect about a 3% increase in golfer participation this year, uh, which is a good number, but they're still expecting to lose about 100 courses in the U.S. Uh, this year alone.
4: Now, any, I mean, you got Copper Hill in East Granby, which I've been to, Candlewood Valley Country Club in New Milford, Eastwood Country Club uh, in Torrington. Do we know how much these things, I mean, they range from 46 acres to 157 plus, but how much do they go for?
6: Yeah, only one of them had an asking price. Uh, two of them didn't have an asking price, and the one um, that did have an asking price which was the Torrington Golf Course, uh, Eastwood Country Club, which has uh, 50.6 acres, is going for 4.3 million dollars. That's sort of the 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 asking price uh, hmm. right now. And you know, the. Is, are the question is, is any buyer going to um, continue to operate the golf course, or are they going to redevelop the land? You know, one of the things that golf courses are attractive to a particular... New housing, right? A lot of, yeah, they have a lot. Of, typically, these get developed into new housing, uh, maybe even multifamily housing. A lot of it depends on what the zoning allowances are. But there's a lot of acreage uh, that go along with these properties, you know, that you don't have to knock down a bunch of warehouses or buildings. It's Kind of a, a bank, maybe you got to knock down some trees, but it's kind of like a blank slate Yeah. Um, uh, for developers. So it's it's seen as, as as attractive.
4: Yeah. I mean it's it's interesting. It'd be fun to own a course too though. Uh, we're talking with Greg Bordnero, the Hartford Business Journal on the Connecticut Business Blend here on WTIC News Talk 1080. Uh we'll get I want to yeah, let's do the stuff that interests me the most first. Why not? Uh Sally's a pizza. You know, we know that, you know, Frank Pepe's has expanded. I think to, you know, I, th- I think it really varies from place to place. It's dangerous because the quality can change. But is Sally's going to follow suit now and, and open more outlets?
6: Yeah. So, so Sally's, uh, a few years ago, 2017, was actually bought out by a private equity firm, Lineage Hospitality. You know, Sally's is famous. was started by the Consiglio family. Uh, but yeah, they, they were bought out, and so this company, Lineage Hospitality, has plans to sort of expand the brand uh, across the eastern seaboard they're targe- targeting. Uh, they're about to open up their first Massachusetts uh, restaurant, actually this month, in, in Woburn, Massachusetts. Mm. Uh, they're planning sites in Norwalk, Connecticut, Newington, Wethersfield, uh, up one in Boston. Also, they're going to be opening up in West Farms Mall in Farmington uh, next year. So, And they've already opened up uh, store, uh, restaurants in Stanford and and. Uh, and Fairfield, so they've already been expanding, and now you know I think COVID tripped them up a little bit in terms of their expansion plans, but now I think they're going to go full gear. And, and really, their target is Eastern Seaboard. They're looking at Florida possibly, where Pepe's you know recently opened up um, a restaurant or two in in, in Florida. Uh, maybe they're trying to get the Snowbirds who are who have left Connecticut. Um, so I could see how that's an attractive market. So yeah, you know they're, they're trying to take that sort of vibran- uh, that brand, which has become more iconic in recent years as, as New Haven Pizza has gotten more attention nationally. Yeah, um, and, and try to t- try to sort to leverage that.
4: I hope it stays good.
6: Yeah, I mean, I don't Yeah, that's that's always a challenge.
4: Yeah, I mean, because it's so good. Uh listen, I also I wanted to ask you about I mean, can I ask you about the ski stuff real quick before we sure. get to the, yep. because, you know, my kids they go to Ski Sundown and we were talking on the air earlier today You know, about how they were able to make some snow last week, but this last 24 hours just ruined everything. And, you know, we're not at altitude. These resorts, not resorts, but these ski areas in Connecticut, man, it's such feast or famine. To Talk about businesses. I mean, those are great real estate, but that's a tough business.
6: It is a tough business. So Connecticut basically only has five ski areas. One of them is currently shut down. It's been shut down for the last few years. And and the business, you know, really is dependent on the weather. Uh, You know, if if it's a warm... Uh, winter which we 've been getting recently uh, you know they have to make more snow and it 's hard to maintain that snow so operating costs are up and usually visitations are down because people are worried that there's not going to be good quality snow at those particular right. mountains so uh, it, it really is crucial to their business and it's something they have no control over um, so you can see how the ski business you know could be problematic although the ski there has been an increase in ski visit in the northeast uh, similar to golf uh, since the pandemic it was one of those outdoor activities again that people sort of uh, caught on to during the pandemic
4: yeah it's i mean it's it's sort of like the golf course thing, great land but tough tough business here uh in connecticut we're talking with greg of the Hartford business journal uh and the connecticut business blend the other thing i wanted to touch on is this bioscience BioSci- tower in new haven uh, tell us about that
6: it's yeah, you know, rare for a major sort of office, uh, lab space tower to, to debut, but there's one that's about to open in, in New Haven, 101 College Street, built by Winstanley Stanley Enterprises, 525,000 square feet, it's a $250 million project, um, and it's already 90% leased. Yale, obviously, is going to take up a, a good portion of that space. There's some bioscience companies that are going to be in there, including our Venus. Um, so, you know, as, as sort of New Haven tries to build itself up as, as a bioscience destination, this is sort of a nice trophy building. At the same time, as this building's opening up there's still a a little bit elevated vacancy rate within lab space in in New Haven uh, 12.1% which is up Mm. so demand for lab space right now is a little tepid largely because of you know venture capital funding over the last few years has been down uh, driven by higher interest rates um, and just sort of economic uncertainty and and venture capital investment is something that drives the uh, the bioscience world, since they don't get traditional bank loans typically, um, since they're not making revenues early on, and they, you know, they're investing a lot in research and development. So the, the leasing is slow right now, but it's probably more cyclical than anything that's going to be a long-term impact on, on the industry. and And a lot of people expect the bioscience industry to continue to grow in New Haven.
4: Does in Yale outsources a lot of its space? Is
6: they is that one of their their models? Oh uh, wait, I mean, Yale actually is, is buying up building after building in, in New Haven. They continue to do so. Um, sometimes they have people, you know, manage the space for them. But they they're increasingly um, not only leasing more space in New Haven, but also buying. They just bought a building last week, I believe, it was for 130 million dollars, wow. a big, large building in, in New Haven. So they're 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 you know they're the driver. They are the driver of uh, of bioscience in New Haven.
4: Yeah. Well, the driver of. <laughs> quite a bit of other things there in New Haven as well. Uh, Greg, sure. thanks so much. Have a great week. All right, you too, I, uh, Greg Bordenero from the Hartford Business Journal. Every Monday at 8.50 we have the Connecticut Business Plan. Just a reminder to everybody, uh, we're at the Avon Old Farms Hotel tomorrow morning for the holiday store, and it's time to get into mode, weather excluded. And part of that is is giving. And we we have a very aggressive goal to raise a lot of money and get a lot of toys for uh, families in need. And 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 as I've said a lot, and I'll say it more, come down and have some breakfast. Say hello. Maybe we'll even put you on the air. I mean, it's always a fun morning, and the lobby is beautiful. Totally will get you in the holiday mood. And, you know, if you go into the store and you go shopping, pick up a gift and bring it down. I'll be there starting at 530 a.m. tomorrow morning at the Avon Old Farms Hotel for the Holiday Store along with the Salvation